Welcome to my weekly football podcast. Um, to start off with, a few people have been approaching me asking, how do I set up a podcast? Now, I'm not a big podcaster. I don't do it like professionally. This is just a, a hobby of mine whilst I have a bit of spare time on my hands. I used to do a lot of podcasting <clears throat> way back in the day, like 10 years ago, uh, before YouTube became drowned in product reviews and makeup tutorials. You know, it was kind of a good platform for people to actually do vlogs, uh, but also it gave people the option to do podcasts as well through verbal uploads. <clears throat> um, I use an app called CastBox. There's a ton of apps out there that, that you can use for both Android and iPhone. My personal one is CastBox. Uh, I do pay for it. It costs around about five euros a month, but it allows you to upload on your phone. I don't have a microphone at home. I'm not one of those people that has a professional recording studio. I just put my earphones in. I record on the CastBox app on my uh, Android phone, and that's it. And then you just upload it. You can link it to Spotify, you can link it to iTunes or Apple Music. Um, there's a myriad of things. Mainly, I just like to get my my opinions out there um, to my short list of subscribers. But I know that a lot of people listen to it, and I'm really trying to kind of find my niche about what this podcast will be. It started for the World Cup, uh, Women's World Cup last year. I'm now kind of going to stop doing so many football podcasts, but I'm going to be talking about things that are going on in the world, like politics and everything. So I'm just going to mix it up a little bit. But this podcast on the 6th of December, wow, Christmas is coming quick, is about what I call a bit of craziness in football right now. Like in, in, in my day, when I say my day, football is is still my day. But, you know, going back a good 15, 20 years ago, managers had a, a good opportunity to prove themselves. If you look at probably the most three successful managers of the Premiership era, Sir Alex Ferguson, he was at Manchester United for, I think it was 189 till four or five years ago. Um, I mean, the guy, I can't even go into how many, you know, trophies he won. I think it's 32 off the top of my head. You know, he, he's he's a one-off. Um, Arsene Wenger, another. I mean, I don't like Arsenal that much, but hat, take my hat off to Arsene Wenger. Uh, I think he's a, a brilliant manager. Um, he was at Arsenal since 97, I believe. So, you know, coming up to uh, 13, 14 years. And then you've got Jose Mourinho. Now, Mourinho has got a label as being a three-season manager. You know, he stays at a club. He wins trophies in the first season. Second season goes a little bit kind of not so well. And then the third season, he gets fired. Uh, you know, I, he's jumped shit many times. He's he's about as loyal as a, you know, as an unloyal dog can be. But, you know, he's now at Tottenham. And he was at Chelsea for two terms. Manchester United now is at Tottenham. And in between that, he's obviously managed uh, Real Madrid and, and other teams. So, you know, I, I was looking at the managers this this couple of seasons. You know, uh, Emery at Arsenal got fired um, last week. And I kind of... And Pochettino as well, uh, Tottenham. I was scratching my head. You know, when Chelsea go through... And, you know, I support Chelsea. And the club that I support is probably the most famous for churning out managers. I think we've had 15 managers in the last 14 seasons, which is ludicrous. You know, we've, we've had Mourinho, we've had um, Andres Villas-Boas, we've had you know, Conte, we've had Sarri, we've now got Lampard, we've had Mourinho twice, we've had, uh, you know, Luis Scolari, and, you know, I've probably missed a few, Di Matteo, of course. And, you know, we churn out managers like they're going out of fashion. But when I look at what Arsenal and Tottenham have done, <clears throat> you know, Arsene Wenger, as I said earlier, was a was a 
you know, one of, if not the greatest Arsenal manager that's ever lived. He, he single-handedly led that team to a, a new era. You know, he, he won the Premier League. He won, um, the FA Cup, uh, Carling Cup or whatever it's called these days. You know, got to the Champions League final. I mean, what he achieved was, was nothing short of miraculous. And let's be honest, Arsenal have been a club that have never been what I call heavy spenders. They have bought some pretty big players, but they're not like a Manchester City, a Manchester United or Chelsea that churn out millions and millions on players and then just disregard them. So when Arsene Wenger left, they got in Emery. Now, Emery for me was a good manager. I liked him. He was direct. He was blunt. What you saw with him is what you got. And Tottenham, uh, when they got rid of, I forgot who the manager was before Pochettino, but Pochettino for me did miraculously at Spurs. Um, you know, he, he, he got to the Champions League final last year. And let's be honest, this Liverpool team right now are probably the best Liverpool team since the, since the mid to late 80s. They're on form. They're on fire. They've lost, like, what, one game in 52? I mean, it's it's ridiculous what Jurgen Klopp has done. I mean, if Liverpool don't win the Premiership this year, then I don't think they ever will. But, you know, Pochettino for me was a great manager, and I would have liked him at Chelsea. But Tottenham got rid of him because, you know, a couple of results went bad. Emery was fired because a couple of results went bad. And, you know, and then they get in Lundberg, Freddie Lundberg, you know, Arsenal legend as a player comes in as temporary manager and in the first two games they got beaten uh, I think it was 2-1 yesterday and the day before sorry the game before I think it was 2-1 or 1-0 I can't remember you know but Lundberg is not a long term fix for Arsenal um, but the problem is for me it isn't the managers it's the it's the owners it's the directors it's the board you know they they churn out managers these days like they're going out of fashion and Chelsea are a big example of that. I mean, they're my club. A huge example of how you should not just jump the gun that quickly. Look what happened with Guardiola at Manchester City. First season didn't do too well. Jürgen Klopp at Liverpool. First season didn't do too well. Those guys are now, you know, Guardiola is, for me, you know, he's got the best team in the Premiership. Jürgen Klopp has the best manager or he is the best manager in the premiership and you know you can see the rewards that they're doing Manchester City have won back-to-back championships Liverpool the Champions League champions they're top of the league by seven points eight points from Leicester Leicester are doing well as well but it I want to go back to the days where managers had at least two or three seasons to prove themselves and I don't really think that this is the way to go in terms of jumping the gun and just firing managers like they're expendable because they're not eventually clubs are going to run out of managers and I think Chelsea actually had that problem um, you know we went through so many managers in the last decade that eventually we had to look to one of our own players and Frank Lampard is doing brilliantly he's got a good team behind him with Jody Morris and all the others but you know Lampard is still only 41 years old this is his second season as a professional manager his first season he got to Derby you know, took Derby to a very good place. But at the end of the day, he's still learning the game. And if two years' time, if Chelsea haven't qualified for the Champions League, what are they going to do? Get rid of him and get someone else in? Maybe John Terry and the same thing will happen again. And Arsenal will get someone in and fire him. And Tottenham will get someone in and fire him. It really is like time that the actual owners of football clubs put some trust in these people. Because they don't do this in other countries you know if you look at you know Germany and Italy and 
well, Italy, yeah, they do now. But most, I think this is a knock-on effect of those managers coming to the Premiership in England. You know, that's the reason why the Saras and the Contes only last one season at Chelsea. You know, if you look at um, Conte, Antonio Conte and, and Sarri, both of them have done really well at Chelsea, but they don't get the time they deserve. If you look at Rafael Benitez at Newcastle, he performed absolute miracles there. You know, got them promoted from relegation. I think they got to eighth or ninth in the league and then they got rid of him because they wouldn't back him. You know, it, it's almost like a merry-go-round of, of managers and it's it's becoming a joke. And I really think that it's time that the Premiership managers were given the trust and the time that they fully deserve. Can you imagine Alex Ferguson being fired? I think in his first season at Manchester United in 1987-88, I think they finished fourth from bottom. Can you imagine if today they said, oh, Alex Ferguson, you've had one season, you just avoided relegation, you're not good enough. And then, what, 21 years later, he's won, you know, literally every single thing under the sun, two Champions Leagues. I don't know how many premiership titles, probably 19, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, the, the guy is, is a walking legend, uh, probably the greatest manager that's ever lived or ever will live, you know. But look at that as an example. Look at that. Look at um, Arsene Wenger as an example. Give him time. Look at what Liverpool have done with Klopp. Look what Manchester City have done with Guardiola. You know, Klopp and Guardiola come with a great legacy, a great resume. You know, awards here, there and everywhere. Championships. But just because they don't succeed in their first one or two seasons doesn't mean to say they're a bad manager. They need time. They need a little bit of an opportunity. And firing managers like Emery and Pochettino, for me, is not a good example of trust. So that is my feedback on the Premiership. I also just want to give a little shout out about the FIFA Balloon Dior Awards um, last week. Uh, you know, this award is becoming really, really uh, about status. Um, you know, I'm not going to describe about, you know, Rapinoe winning the Women's Award or Messi winning the Men's Award. We know how good those players are. They are really good players. You know, you don't win six Balloon Dior's and be a bad player. You know, they call Messi one of the greatest of all time. I personally think he needs to win a World Cup before you can call him that. As a club player, yeah, I would say he's the greatest of all time. As an overall player, I would say that he needs to emulate Maradona and win the World Cup. Rapinoe. Um, you know, Rapinoe is a very uh, public figure. She's, uh, she's a great player, don't get me wrong, a really great player. Um, she had a phenomenal World Cup, you know, a five goals, three assists, you know, and her pose at the end, you know, it, it was, it was on every paper. It was, it was a, it was a statement about, you know, m many things <clears throat> with the women's game and the men's game are the same game, but they're totally different in terms of context. The women's game is going through a period of change where they want equality of pay. A few countries like New Zealand and Finland, and I believe Norway or Denmark have granted the, the, the same pay uh, as, as, the, as the male players and rightly so. But there's also the, the kind of equality rights. There's all the, you know, um, you know, sexual equality. And I think that that's a huge, powerful statement. But I'm ripping this back to basics. Lionel Messi was not the best player in 2019. I'm sorry. You know, if you're going to look at anyone that deserves that award for me, it's Van Dijk from Liverpool. I mean, over a period of 12 months, Van Dijk has been without question the best player in the world. He's a defender as well. 
He's not an attacker. That every single award that this goes to, Balloon Dior, you know, you've had Ronaldo five, Messi six, Modric last year. You know, all of these players are attackers. And I think that Van Dijk, what he did, Van Dijk, sorry, what he did last year, uh, this year, 2019, was just second to none. You know, I, I didn't see many players beat him one one on one. He won the Champions League. He, he's a he's a goal scorer. He's a he's a tackler. He's a he's a he's the best defender in the world. There's no question about that. There is not a defender who can touch him. And how on earth he didn't win that award over Lionel Messi? Lionel Messi didn't play much the first half of the year. You know, and yes, he scored 43 goals in the calendar year. But look at Lewandowski at Bayern Munich. Lewandowski has scored more goals than him. I think he scored 58 this calendar year. So I think that Messi won it purely on, on merit. I saw it purely on name. Van Dijk should have won it on merit. Rapino, she had a phenomenal World Cup, but that was only three weeks of the year. She has had a seriously average year. She is by far not the best female player in the world. You've got to look at the likes of Medima, Hegerberg, um, Sam Kerr, Peniel Harder, you know, that's just four off the top of my head that I think are Lucy Bonds as well. You know, those players are for me head and shoulders above Rapinoe in terms of what they've achieved in 2019. In the World Cup, Rapinoe was by far the best player, but that is one tournament that lasted three weeks. If you look at it from January to December, you've got players like um, Peniel Harder, Wolfsburg, top scorer in the Champions League, Medima banging in goals for fun, you know, Hegerberg, Sam Kerr has smashed every single record in America. Now she's at Chelsea. You know, when are these four going to get the deserve the, the credit that they deserve? Um, I, I just think that it's a bit of a joke that these types of players that get these awards are not looked at their overall achievements for the calendar year. Which then leads me on to my final subject of this podcast, Lynn Sherping, FC. There's a lot of stuff going on at Lynn Sherping. It's one of those weird end of seasons again where players are leaving and the excuses or the statements coming out are like, oh, I didn't really get on with the, the you know, I, I want to move, I want to change, there's something going on, blah, blah, blah. Let's just, let's just strip it out and say there's a problem at Lynn Sherping, a big problem. You know, players are leaving and they're not really filling in those replacements. And we had the same situation back in 2013 when we lost a lot of good players, senior players that were internationals. And they recruited a lot of good youngsters, among them Peniel Harder, Magdalena Eriksson. You know, um, those two are, are phenomenal. But there's something going on at the Chirping. I don't know what it is. I personally think the club doesn't have much money, which is why they can't buy players. Um, but it's great that there's players like Stina Blackstenius, who is you know one of Sweden's best strikers that is remaining at the club. And the most important player next season, it's probably going to be Nila Fischer. Not just because she is one of the best defenders in the world. She's coming to the end of her time. She's 35. Um, definitely doesn't have many seasons left. But it's so important that a player that is listed or shortlisted for the Balloon Dior Award, shortlisted for, you know, the team of the World Cup and was in the team of the World Cup, kind of makes a statement to me that she's not just a player, she's an ambassador at Lynn Sherping. <clears throat> and I think that that needs to be taken into account when they're trying to kind of look at these players that join the club and then one season later they're leaving. Because, you know, for me, it's almost like the, the managerial scene in the Premiership. You get someone in and then next season they go. How does that give an impression 
to another young player who wants to play for Lin Xiaoping because, you know, they see these players come and then they go and then they come and then they go. And I'm not decrying that, you know, players go. If you want to go like Yona Anderson or Jessica Samuelson, further your career in, in, a, in another league and win titles, that's one thing. But jumping from one club in Damosvenskan to another and then another, to me, doesn't make any sense. You need to have a bit of time in each club in order to really make a name for yourself. And I think Pinil Harder is a classic example of how to do that. You join at a young age, you stay there for four or five seasons, you smash records, and then you go to a bigger club. I'm not saying that Wolfsburg are bigger than Linköping, but the opportunity came and what Pinil is doing at Linköping is a phenomenal example. Magdalena Eriksson, another example. You go to Linköping at a young age, you earn two championships, you get into the national squad, and then you become captain of Chelsea. It's not a step up, it's a step to another league, another experience. And when I see these young players that just jump from team to team, like every single season in Damoswenskin, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's logistical. You have to move to a new city. You have to learn a new team structure. You have to learn a new team thing. It's 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 a bit strange, <clears throat> which is why for me, Neil Fisher is so important for Linköping next season. I have high hopes for Linköping. I think we're going to finish in the top three. Top two would be great, but I don't know if the new rules about the Champions League for women's football has any effect in Sweden because in the Premier League now in England it's the top three that qualify for the Champions League uh, from 2021 because there's going to be a group stage in the tournament <clears throat> instead of a direct knockout so I'm hoping that if that happens in Sweden we can also get three teams into the Champions League as well which would be great anyway I'm rambling this podcast has been about football my next one will be about something totally different thanks for listening and have a good day